Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You and I need to be making memories today. Paul was living dangerously in that prison. He was chained to soldiers, but he was sharing his faith and the gospel. And people in that Roman prison were coming to Jesus Christ because he was making memories today. It's very important that you and I do not live in the past. You're alive today. Humans have a tendency to look back at what we remember as good times, especially when we're facing difficult circumstances. We often wish to escape to what we consider a simpler time, one without responsibilities and tasks pulling at us. Pastor Mark is teaching that while it's good to remember from whence we came and the people that influenced us along the way, it's also necessary for us to be interacting with people now getting to know those around us, sharing our faith, loving them like Jesus loves them. This is why Jesus put us here and why he put his Holy Spirit in us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 3 of his message, Thanks for the Memories. As Paul is thinking about this, number one, we know Lydia is rich. When he walked into that town of Philippi, he doesn't know anybody. He doesn't know where he's going to stay. And now, in a few moments, you'll discover that Lydia's home becomes their home, but it also becomes the church. The early church. There was their building. They didn't have a building like this. There was no buildings like this. And so it becomes a church. So I can see Paul in the prison cell thinking, wow. And he got his iPhone out and he said, Timothy, look, look at the picture of this five-star home where God took us. It was an amazing play. It wasn't the Motel 6. It was a five-star home. And he thought, how good God is. The other day I was thinking, we had a guest here last week for the men's conference. And I took him and showed him a couple of the campuses. And he says, did you build this or was this here when you became the pastor? I said, no, what was here were cows. Anybody remember those days? Just a bunch of cows here on Platt's land. And I remember so many times God saying, that's the piece of property. But the owner kept saying, no, no, no. Hey. You know what happened? God finally convinced him. I didn't. God did. Because this is where God wanted us. And I had the privilege on his deathbed to lead him to Jesus Christ. See, now understand something. It really wasn't about the land. It really wasn't about the land. It was getting him to heaven. 
memories. Paul had great memories. Well, there's more memories coming. Look at verse 16. As they're hanging in the town for a while. Once we were going to this place of prayer. And we were met by a slave girl. Who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners. By fortune telling. We see the priority of prayer. In the old days, some of you will remember this. The younger folks and new Christians, you, you won't, it doesn't make any sense to you. They would challenge us in church. Are you prayed up? Which simply meant, before you go out every morning, have you asked God to fill you with the spirit? Are you ready? Because there's spiritual warfare everywhere. Now, when God invaded this little town of Philippi, Satan was mad. Paul was prayed up. You're going to see it. He knew there was spiritual warfare. And so as he heads out, he runs into this girl, a servant of Satan, slave to the owners and a slave to Satan. Let me just say this kindly to you today. The Bible tells us in John chapter 8, until you become a Christian, you are a slave to sin and Satan. Now, the world definitely doesn't understand that. They think they're ruling their own life. No, no, no. You're a slave to your sin and to Satan. So, as time goes on, Paul begins listening. And note, notice, notice what she says. She's bringing a lot of money to her owners. Notice what happens in verse 17. The girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, what's up with that? This is the demon speaking through here. The message is true, absolutely true, but the messenger isn't related to the message. So eventually that's going to cause confusion. You see, Satan's a great deceiver. These were Greek people who believed in many gods, Paul's talking about the one true God. And so these people are going, okay, I can have my fortune told, and I can serve this God that Paul's talking about, this Jesus. Kind of just fits together. Well, no, it doesn't fit together. By the way, that still happens today. Understand that Satan's a great deceiver. There's many cults in our world that confuse people who don't know the Bible. Let me give you an example of two. They're wonderful people, they're lost. In our nation specifically, and of course, they're all over the world. Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons. You will see Mormons, and they visit our services from time to time, whatever. They're here just to try to get you, and we protect you from them. But they're here because they will say this to you. Well, we believe in the same Jesus you believe in. We worship the same God you worship. That's 100% false. They're many times confused themselves. Do you know that they believe God was created, and he married somebody and had Jesus? I mean, foolishness. But they will say their Bible is the same as ours until they put the Book of Mormon in front of it. So understand, what you see here has been happening since day one. Satan's a great deceiver. You have to go to the truth, and this is the truth. We don't have another book. This is it. This is the truth. So Paul is sharing this, and finally he goes, this is going to confuse the people. Look what he says in 18. She kept us up for many days. Finally. Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Paul, well, he's an apostle, what's the problem? He's a saint. No, he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
I command you to come out of her. And I think the next few words are amazing to me. At that moment, instant, the demonic spirit left her. Now, how's that for a memory? How's that for a memory? You see, Paul is saying, wow, God used me to deliver this poor girl who was a slave of men, who knows what else was happening, and a slave of Satan. What joy flooded his... Now he also knows why he came to that city. Why? Because he didn't know Lydia. He didn't know the slave girl. Did God know Lydia and the slave girl? She needed to be delivered. The slave girl needed to be delivered. Lydia needed what? More information. I don't know how to connect God. I'm searching. I'm seeking. I I want to do right, but I, I don't understand God. I can't seem to get anywhere. Okay, Jesus. This girl, she can't get to God. She's filled with a demon. And history tells us, basically, that she became a member of this church. Now, how did all that happen? Because God knows who's seeking. He loves the lost. You need to understand today, and if you're in this campus here, let me read what God can do. Only God can answer prayer, and he will. Only God can bring hope to seeking people, and he will. Only God can forgive sin, and he will. Only God can set people free from bondages, and he will. Only God can heal broken bodies and spirits, and he will. Only God can restore shattered lives and marriages that are pronounced dead, and he will. Only God can give a new start in life, and he will. And only God can bring new purpose and meaning in your life, and he will. God reminded Paul why he sent him to Philippi. Those words remind me why God sent Linda and I to Melbourne 18 years ago. You see, and God wants to use you in exactly the same way. Look at this verse, which is from the New Living Translation. It's a verse you've already covered. Every time I think of you from Philippians 1-3, I give thanks to God. This week I took up Well, I took a a little walk down memory lane. In a moment, I'm going to challenge you to do the same thing. I thought of all the people that had impacted my life. I just took a few moments to begin to think about it. Of course, I thought of my parents and even a couple of my Sunday school teachers. And I hadn't thought of these people in 35, 40 years. I thought of a, a teacher at a young age... And I was like three, four, five, six. Her name was Eunice Russell. And she used to teach me. She was an amazingly talented gifted. And, and she also became my babysitter. My brother and I would go to her house. We'd play in her yard. She was amazing. And I thought the impact she made on us. She's in heaven today. And then I thought of Mr. George Smeeler, an old German teacher. He taught me when I was... Seven, eight, nine. 
Great teacher. Used to take us camping and do all kind of stuff. Crafty, just a guy. And there weren't a lot of guys teaching Sunday school in those days. He made a great impact on my life. He also made an impact on my life one day during Sunday school. He took me outside the room, turned me upside down. And he held me by my heels and said, Mark, you going to obey? Yes, sir. You know, that abuse is still with me today. I'm really wounded by it. and I'm having a hard time getting over that. Now, you know better than that, don't you? By the way, was that good for me? It was very, my dad never said a thing to him. It was very good for me. By the way, we need a little more of that kind of... Mm. Mr. George Smeeler was the same name that came to my mind when early in the 60s I was going through college. and I think my brother was about 16. And my dad got a call from the hospital. And he came into my room and my brother and I, and he said, your mother is dead. Whose house did we go to? George Smeeler's. And at 2 a.m. in the morning, they put their arms around us. And we wept together. You see, you can't take those memories away. He's with heaven. He's in heaven today. His wife as well. Barb still lives here in Florida, one of the daughters. See, memories that come. And then Linda and I sat down and we began thinking how in the world we got to Florida. And how God orchestrated all of that. See, all of this isn't just memories of people. It's thanking God for these people. How we got here. How we started at Palm Chapel. A little church on the beach in Cape Canaveral. And then it moved to Merritt Island. Then eventually God get, led us to open a church called Cornerstone. And then God supernaturally sent a pastor there. And we became a Calvary Chapel. And all those loving people that poured into our life. And how wonderful that was. And all the friendships we developed. And then... Linda and I just talked the other day, as I mentioned, all the people that came with us when we started the church 18 years ago. We just had a few friends that had decided to come, some of most of them temporarily, and then go back to the Merritt Island Church. Everything was fine. We knew they were, we were working together, and, and uh, they just were wonderful. And some of them are still with us here after 18 years. See, it's, it's about people, and it's God. And as I look back at all those things, thanks for the memories, God. You've been so good. But I want to challenge you. I want you to take a trip down memory lane. Take time this week to give thanks to God for the many wonderful people he's brought into your life. Thank God for their kindness. Speak their name, their generosity, their friendship. Thank God for bringing you to a church that's filled with people that love God and have a love for the lost. How did you get here? This is far from a perfect church. You know that. Although we all are saints. Did you know that? How did you get here? Thank God for that. A place where you're loved. Where you're taught the word of God no matter who is teaching. By the way, it's also good for people that are alive today to tell them thanks now. Email them. Twitter. Facebook. Call them. Tell them thanks. Linda and I and all the elders, pastors and their wives, I just want to say this to you. Thanks for the memories. You've been amazing. An amazing group of people. 
We love you. We and our wives count it a privilege to serve you as we watch God change lives. Next, we'll see that Paul has more memories. Not happy, but joyful. But I want you to write this next statement down. When your memories exceed your dreams, life is over. As Paul finishes this letter, these thoughts of the Philippians flood his mind. Happy memories, warm affection. He knew one thing, that God was still working in that church. But even more than that, Paul was still making memories in prison right then. You see, it's not enough to have great memories in the back. We have to learn to go forward. You and I need to be making memories today. Paul was living dangerously in that prison. He was chained to soldiers, but he was sharing his faith and the gospel. And people in that Roman prison were coming to Jesus Christ because he was making memories today. It's very important that you and I do not live in the past. You're alive today. Write this statement down, please. To have joyful memories, we have to make memories now. You have to make new memories now. And what are memories all about? People, time, and God. Don't do life alone. Open up. Be real. Develop real friendships. Let me show you a little bit about a couple memories and then challenge you with this. Here's a picture. Uh, and by the way, I've only got four or five hours of pictures we're going to go through here. You're the last service. You're the last service, so there's nobody coming after you. So just I'll see who's my friends, depending on how long they stay. This is a few years ago. These are friends that come to this church. We took a trip to China. There's Beijing. It's good to take a trip with friends. It's good to have memories of those things. They're still our friends today. I talked on Wednesday night. Do you have friends that, if you had an emergency at 2 a.m. in the morning, do you know who you could call? And without any hesitation, that person would be right there to take care of you. See, if you don't have somebody like that, you're hurting. You're too isolated. And by the way, would I be a person if one of my close friends would call me at 2 a.m. and get up and go, oh, man. No, I'd get up right away and go, how can I help? That's the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of person you want to be. Next. I discovered this. Memories in people, especially Christians, have always to do with food. Aren't you glad we're going to eat in heaven? Hallelujah. Well, here we are in China, and this is a, and actually a, a chauffeur. And some of our friends, Brian's, that we went over to China with, and they were over there for a number of years with Harris. And that's how I got all these connections to go to underground church in China. And all. I mean, God just is amazing. We'll be going in a few weeks. Again, can't tell you where because of safety, but amazing stuff. Well, he hasn't come to the Lord yet. But he would take us out, and he can speak English, and this food is just absolutely out of this world. It's wonderful. And we're praying. We're going to see him again this year. And I'm praying that all the things that the Bryans did, all those years they poured into him, that one day he'll open his eyes and become a follower of Jesus Christ. Here's one more picture. 
This is a picture a few years ago. Uh, the young lady is our daughter, Stacy. Married and has two kids. In fact, they'll be here next weekend. The guy on the right is my brother. One day, about seven years ago, he went shopping and dropped dead, 54. And I have this picture in my office for a reason. Well, I'm not living in the past, but I have it there to remind me of one thing. My brother, Brand, he can't make any more memories. Life is over. He's in heaven. I flew over to Hawaii and did his funeral. Now, I don't live in the past because I'm going to see him again. But I want to challenge you with something today. Have you stopped living? Have you stopped making memories? Do you actually think your life's going to go on forever? No, in instant, he was gone. He never knew what hit him. Aneurysm exploded. It was over. Healthy, 54. Friends all over the world, like me. He loved the chariot. Friends all over the Gone. Well, Pastor Mark, that'll never happen to me. Really? You need to be making, I don't care if you're 16 in this service. Or if you're 93. You need to be making memories and thanking God for them today. Today. What are the memories about? Well, it's not really traveling. You probably can't afford to go to to China or whatever. But you could afford to go to Mims. That's a private joke from people from many years ago, isn't it? I want you to look at me. I want to tell you something as I get ready to do communion. One day when you do die, what kind of memories will you have? Will they be good or will they be bad? You said, Pastor Mark, after I die, I'm going to have memories? Mm-hmm. Will they be good or will they be bad? Well, what do you mean by that? Well, if you're in heaven with God, there'll be good memories. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you'll be separated from God forever. And there'll be bad memories. You know why there'll be bad memories? Because you'll be in hell. You'll be tormented forever. And one of the memories you will have is the opportunities you had to accept Jesus Christ, but you blew them off. Today, I want you to make a memory that will last forever. It'll last for all eternity. It's a memory of you accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's the only thing that's going to guarantee you future memories that are good. Some of you used to walk with God. You you remember those days. They were good memories, but you backslidden big time and you've fallen away from God. Some of you today have just been living in the past. You're so negative and critical. This book of Philippians is going to shake joy right out of you. Hallelujah. But you cannot have joy unless you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot. And the only way to do that is to ask him to forgive you of your sins and invite him into your heart. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us of what a remarkable man the Apostle Paul truly was. Despite the terrible physical experiences he had had in his life, he was able to maintain a joyful attitude through it all. We learned that he was able to do this because of his trust in God's love for him, as well as trusting that God knew what was best for Paul to make him a better Christ follower. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. 
We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, this concludes the teaching, Thanks for the Memories. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the sermon, What God Says, God Finishes. We will discover the importance of four words, God, Start, Work, and Finish. We will learn the necessity of remembering that everything we do needs to be done with pleasing God in mind. And we'll be taught how to do that. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. Together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving